Welcome to the Orton Gillingham Podcast, a Brainspring production. Today, we'll hear from Kara Lee Dean, a speech-language pathologist, certified academic language therapist, and children's author whose experiences working with dyslexic students led to a new career as an author of decodable books and educational resources. Keep listening. Hi, Kara. Hi, Esther. Welcome back again. Thank you. To your second podcast. I know, I made it back for the second one. You did, one. and the first one was wonderful. Good <laughs> well, job. Well, thank you. Good job. I'm really enjoying it. Good. Truly. Good, 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 good. Um, so um, we are having terrible weather here in Michigan. S- ice. I'm glad you made it. You made it through the through the bad roads. I almost might, didn't make it here. My perspective is to in, embrace it. We're we're in Michigan. That's it, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's it. what are you gonna do? I know. So, so you just I mean, gotta yeah. brave brave the roads. I've been having fun. I actually went sledding. Good last night. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. Been trying, and then it and then it started raining today. So yeah. You know, so you know they say you never the, old, know. the old thing old adages. You know, there's not bad weather. It's just bad clothing. So true. It's true. You just have to have warm clothes and everything's fun in Michigan. So yes. here we go. Well, today we're going to wrap up our series, um, Voices from the IDA. So again, we've been the last, this will be the fifth, um, uh, the fifth interview um, that we did with people from the, that we met at the IDA conference in October in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and so we were able to sit down and talk to some really interesting people and we're going to wrap it up today um, with our discussion with Kara Lee, and, sh- and, and, and I really did enjoy talking with her. Um, she's very talented and, um, and knowledgeable about all things um, that have to do with um, reading and dyslexia and all kinds of things like that. So she, that was a super fun um, conversation that I had with her, and we're going to hear that in a few minutes. Um, so uh, can you kind of let us know, um, kind of fill us in who Kara Lee is and, um, and why we're listening to her today? Okay, yeah. I am so excited for this podcast because I did get a chance to listen to it, and uh, I have a few thoughts on it, but let's, let me introduce to who Carol Lee Dean is uh, because she's pretty incredible. She is a speech-language pathologist. She is a certified academic language therapist. She is a children's and young adult author, Mm -hmm. and she served as president of the Southwest branch of the IDA. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then you met her Mm -hmm. at the IDA, Mm -hmm. and did she have, was she there with her books? She she was there speaking um, and as a keynote speaker, and so... Um, I, we really wanted to talk to her, and we, we got a bonus when she came, and she brought uh, her book with her, her latest book. So, yes. Yes. So, um, and, and we were lucky enough that she actually read a piece of that book to us. And so, um, so that was a bonus that, we, that we, um, we got to hear her read her own work. Yes. And uh, so I went and did a little deep dive on Carol Lee Dean because I – I'm not familiar with her, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the privilege of listening or being involved with that conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I learned is she writes decodables mm-hmm. for the young adults. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you could 
talk a little bit about what decodables are mm-hmm. because I am always thinking of this from a parent's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really great thing for us parents to learn about yes. and uh, be able to share with our kids. Yeah, for sure. So um, a decodable reader um, is a story that's written with very predictable phonetic skills. So they're stories that have um, that 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 are designed based on what kids, what phonetic skills kids would have learned up to that point. So um, let's say we have a student who just knows short vowel sounds and and consonant sounds. So a decodable reader would be one that includes just those skills so that the student can get through the story um, pretty fluently. And when we know that when we read more fluently, um, we comprehend better. And it's more fun to read a story that has words that you can read instead of having to stop and fumble through, right? So we have decodable, that's what a decodable story is. It contains mostly predictable phonetic skills um, based on the age of a student or a a, a grade level. So we also, there are also controlled stories um, and controlled stories are, are even more um, they are they are controlled, so they only include skills that kids would have learned up to a certain point. So, for example, our program Phonics First, we have controlled stories that go along with them, and each story only includes phonetic skills that they would have learned based on our sequence. So that's that's the difference between a controlled story and a decodable story. They're still it's decodable, but it's also very controlled. So Kara Lee writes decodable stories for kids who are a little bit older, and that is the hardest group of kids to reach because they're older, they have more interests, they have more life experience. Um, So what you're really looking for is like high interest, low readability stories, Mm -hmm. high low stories. And um, it's hard to find really engaging high low stories. It really is. And so when you find one, um, you want to grab them because that just makes kids want to read more. So I don't want to read something that I struggle through and, and don't understand. You know, I want to read something that's going to to, to kind of put the reading decodable piece in the background and let me focus more on what's actually happening in the story. And that's that's why her Carolee's stories are so really so good because they're interesting and they're readable for kids. Yes, and I think I think Carol Lee has a whole. Um, she's got a few books mm-hmm. that specifically focuses on these decodables for the mm-hmm. older, struggling reader, mm-hmm. and they're pretty phenomenal stories. Mm-hmm. And she is getting feedback that um, kind of blew me away mm-hmm. because uh, I was trying to look and see what these stories were about, <clears throat> and like you said. They are, <clears throat> they are such interesting stories, mm-hmm. and they are really igniting these young people mm-hmm. to want to read them, yes. so much so that the adults that are commenting mm-hmm. uh, on these books are saying, I want to read it too. Yeah, like, exactly. I was just as 
excited as my students. That's awesome. So, um, so I'm really excited to hear from her and really learn more about uh, the books that she's written. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. So we're going to go ahead and listen to to Carolee um, and and our conversation, and then um, and then we'll we'll talk some more after. Okay. Okay, Carolee. Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me join you You today. are welcome. My name is Carol Lee Dean. I am a speech-language pathologist, a certified academic language therapist. I also am a children's author. Mm-hmm. I have uh, three teen novels. One of them is with Houghton Mifflin called mm-hmm. Comfort, mm-hmm. and then two with Simon Pulse, which is a division of Simon & Schuster. Mm-hmm. One is called Take Me There, and then the other one is a novel in verse called Forget Me Not. All right. And so the interesting uh, element of how I got involved with the International Dyslexia Association, I served as president of the Southwest Branch. And uh, it was sort of an interesting combination of my experience as a speech pathologist and as an author, because my second novel was about a young man who had a reading disability. Okay. Uh, And he goes, he's a teenager. He can't read or write, but he aspires to be a poet. Ah. (laughs) And uh, he uh, gets in trouble with the law. Mm Mm-hmm goes to Texas looking for his father. The only thing he knows about him is that he's in prison Mm. in Texas. And so it's very much about the pipeline from illiteracy to prison. Oh, Oh, wow. And his father ended up in prison because basically he couldn't read or write. All right. Wow. Powerful. Yes. And it was based on, uh, I was working with a lot of students And things that were not written in their IEP was the number of students I had who had parents who were incarcerated. Isn't that something? And so it really, it really touched my heart that, Mm -hmm. uh, that this, and then we know that kids end up, you know, often in trouble with the law Mm -hmm. when they don't have a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of skills. And so that book was brought to the attention of a good friend of mine, a speech-language pathologist. At the time, she was the president of the Southwest Branch. And okay. She said, you should be part of our organization because you obviously have a passion for literacy. Yes. Yes. And so I, it was an interesting segue into being involved more through the book I wrote mm-hmm. than actually my experience as a therapist, which, of course, informed the book I wrote. Yes. So there was this yeah. back, back and forth. Yeah. And so your books are all young adult? Are they four? Those three. Those three books are They're all four for kids young. to read. They, right? yeah. They're pretty gritty. Uh-huh. That yeah. one's very, people die. Well, <laughs> that's why kids yeah. probably love them. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so the, the second two books are 14 and up. Okay. Comfort is, is 12 and up. Okay. Yeah. So th- those books are definitely for teens, but the, uh, but Take Me There is also a Yalsa quick pick for oh. reluctant readers. Yalsa oh, being okay. the young adult library. Uh, symposium. Um, and so mm. it has been used in classes with students that have reading challenges okay. and they really resonate with the storyline. Okay. Uh, but what I have started doing, then I wrote a book about story structure, which is published by Brooks Publishing. It's called Story Frames for Teaching Literacy. Mm. Enhancing Student Performance Through the Power of Storytelling. Okay. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, yeah, so as a speech-language pathologist, a lot of speech-language pathologists 
use stories and narratives as the basis of their treatment because we can start with a book mm -hmm. and then use that book to teach so many skills, mm -hmm. just understanding the basic plot mm -hmm. of a story and plot structure. Mm -hmm. And one of the chapters in that book is about using narratives as a bridge to expository text. Okay. Specifically narrative nonfiction, which blends those worlds of storytelling and real character, real people mm -hmm. and real historical events. Mm. So do you ever have the kids telling their own story? Is that part of this as well? There is a chapter in the book on writing personal narratives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is a, a actually, you know, because you are drawing on personal experience. Yes. And so that is an also another interesting bridge from uh, narratives to nonfiction mm -hmm. is taking information from a real person that you know happens to be yourself. Yeah, right, right. And exactly. so, yes, that is an important element as well. Yes. So so this kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to have you articulate this. So we're at the IDA conference, and we're here, um, and the theme is Until Everyone Can Read. Yes. yes. That's the theme here. Right. And so how do you place yourself into this theme? How are you contributing? I mean, you've, you've already said a lot of ways that you are, but how, how would you, would you describe that? So my participation with IDA has evolved over the years. I eventually became president mm -hmm. of the Southwest branch. Mm -hmm. I eventually got my certified academic language therapist training because this, when I became president, I realized I'm leading this branch and I do not know. Mm. Even with as many years of working as a speech language pathologist, I realized there was still so much I did not know about dyslexia. Mm. And so I went back and got the training, became a private dyslexia therapist. Okay. And then as that evolved, I saw that there was a real need for decodable stories because I would oh, use the materials that we had, uh, I used the Sounds and Syllables program, mm -hmm. wonderful materials, but we always come to that point where this student needs to work on something else, mm -hmm. I and when I look for those materials, I don't find them. I started creating, yes. creating them. Yes. So I started my own small press called Word, Word Travel Press. Okay. Started writing decodable books. Mm -hmm. Those are hard to write, aren't they? They are very hard to write. I yeah. actually had the idea to do this for for many years and didn't mm -hmm. do it because I couldn't figure out a way to do it and have a really, truly engaging story. Exactly. That's the dilemma. It is the dilemma. So I have a renewed respect for anybody mm -hmm. writing or attempting to write decodable books. Mm -hmm. You have yes. to really fit within a very tight, yes. tight structure. Yes, yes. And so what I finally came around to was a couple of things. One of them is a strategy that I call pair and share reading. Mm -hmm. And this is not my invention. This is a very old strategy that people automatically use. And mm -hmm. that is you read a bit and mm -hmm. I'll read a bit. Mm -hmm. And so the way I've crafted that, which is a little bit different, is I have an introduction that provides background information. I try to write stories that have a relevance to either uh, Greek mythology, mm. or I have one coming out on Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. And then recently, my most recent story that was 
a lot of fun. It's called Hank the Tank. Okay. And it is a story about a real bear that is actually has been in the international news. Oh. Yes. Quite a story with lots of interesting twists and turns. Okay. Thought it would be really fun to to write about this. It was a bear in Lake Tahoe that yeah. was breaking into dozens of homes. This is a real this true story. This is a real true story. Okay. Real bear. You can you can Google Hank the Tank and you'll have all kinds of news stories coming up about Hank the Tank. Uh-huh. So Hank mm-hmm. was breaking into homes. They thought they were going to have to capture and euthanize the bear. Mm. And Hank's life was spared through DNA and science. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so interesting twist. They started analyzing it to see exactly who was responsible. This sounds like CSI or something. Yeah, like yeah. Exactly. So they started analyzing the poop and the yeah. fur and the, yeah. the things be- bears leave behind yeah. and found it was three bears, not one. Oh. <laughs> yes. I love it. And I see you have Hank I the have Tank Hank in front. I have Hank the Tank here. Yes. So let me just tell you a little bit about this strategy of parent share reading. Yes. The, the adult or the parent or even it could be a peer partner reads mm-hmm. the introduction, mm-hmm. background about the bear in the news. Mm-hmm. And then the story is somewhat fictionalized mm-hmm. and it's rhyming. And this is how I kind of oh. came to uh, how I felt I could craft a story that would be fun mm-hmm. because poetry doesn't always follow right strict sentence structure exactly and so you can play with the language a little bit mm-hmm. more and mm-hmm. so uh so i have the story it's four chapters written in verse oh. and then there's back matter all about black what's the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear okay who was the real hank okay and is an interesting twist after i published the book uh, through World Travel Press, which is my own small publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Colorado, actually split my time between Texas and Colorado. Okay. Hank, they captured Hank. Yeah. Hank was a female. Oh. <laughs> the, the one they captured because there were, there were three. Yes. Oh, that's right. funny. Uh, so they renamed Hank Henrietta. <laughs> I, I the, the story it. just it's, keeps it's twisting yeah, I and love turning. It. It's and all so of that is ca- is all of that. Not captured. all of that because some okay. of that happened after, after. the book came oh, out. Okay. The, the three different bears. That's definitely part of it. And then there's there are some people in Lake Tahoe who actually think the real Hank is a fourth bear. Oh, who was blamed? <gasps> but the real Hank is actually completely innocent. Oh, it you need to actually, write a sequel. Yes, I know. You um, do. Henrietta yeah. is not as phonetically, uh, you know, yeah. appropriate <laughs> at this time, you know, as Hank. But uh, I didn't have any input into the naming of uh, the bear. That's so. right. That's but right. Let me just read yes, you a little bit because do. it's really fun. And and this has black and white illustrations. Uh huh. It's beautiful. I'll yes, I see. But she sees them. Sorry, you can't see. Yes, them, and what and we can. We can put a link of oh, you can. Uh, yeah, on oh, our great. on our show notes, and oh, we'll good. get we'll get good. some pictures yes. here. Yeah, intended for older readers, fourth gotcha. through eighth grade. There are okay. wonderful materials available for kindergarten, first, second grade for mm-hmm. the early decoding and mm-hmm. and phonics. Uh, but kids with dyslexia are often not diagnosed mm-hmm. until later. Mm-hmm. Teachers don't even realize that students have a problem often until yeah. third grade. Yes. 
And then by the time testing happens, it may be fourth mm -hmm. or fifth mm -hmm. or sixth grade or even later. And so we really need to have decodable materials yes. that are related yes. to older age, readers. Age appropriate. Right. So right. let me just read you a little bit. Yes, please. All Excited. right. Part one. In the kitchen, lids are banging. Skillets, pots, and pans are clanging. Smash, crash. I have a hunch Hank the Tank is snatching lunch. <laughs> Clacking racks and smacking lips. French dip sandwich, bags of chips. Chops and chestnuts, chicken wings, rotten bits of shocking things. He checks the trash and cracks the chest. Hank the Tank is on a quest. Shallots, shellfish, mussels, squid. He licks a whisk and sniffs a lid. <laughs> Fennel and Atlantic fish. Pollock and a she-crab dish. We watch him from a hidden spot. Can we stop him? I think not. <laughs> I love so it. that's just a little excerpt from the book. I love it. it. It's so it's so visual, and I could just there's a that really is that Hank was really doing that, he or was, somebody, or, Henrietta, or somebody, or, or somebody. Henrietta, or Bill, <laughs> or Joe. Right. I love it. Yes. And and Henrietta was actually at brought a couple of cubs with her and you know oh so she was gosh. bringing up her children in a life of crime so you, <laughs> you have got to write a sequel you have got to oh well thank you I mean that just writes itself uh, it doesn't it? it's a true story doesn't and it writes itself it? it's absolutely amazing. I love it so so my question to you is is when you were a young person graduating from college or entering college did you did you have this path ahead of you? Did you think this is where you might end up? Or did you have other plans of what you might do with your life? My bachelor's degree is actually in music therapy. Mm, okay. And so at that time, as a, as a young person going into the field, I wasn't even aware of speech pathology, mm -hmm. which I became aware of speech pathology because when I graduated with a degree in music therapy, at that time, there weren't a lot of music therapy jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, it has become more popular mm -hmm. now, which I'm very happy about. Yes, I yeah. wish it had been more popular at that time. It's mm -hmm. been a few years ago. But then we would not have had Hank the Tank. That is, and I do, you know, <laughs> I have used a lot of music even in my speech pathology mm -hmm. and a lot of the, the rhyme and the lyrics and, mm -hmm. and that kind of, I have not made a song about <gasps> Hank, oh, but, you know, maybe, maybe need I need to, <gasps> I don't know. You have a lot of work to do. I know. You got I a know. long list of things <laughs> that you right. have to accomplish. That's right. That's That's right. right. <laughs> so, so, before we leave, would you share some words of wisdom? And I'm going to just leave it at that. And I'm going to just, you just, it could be for anybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some words of wisdom. Words of wisdom for teachers, parents, mm. students, colleagues, mm -hmm. the world. Uh, wow. I know. That's One a... that keeps popping up today, and I don't know if it has any relevant specifically to what we're talking about, but assume goodwill. Oh, I love that so much. And that's more about, you know, a lot of us are here coming from different therapy approaches, different backgrounds, but we all are here because mm -hmm. our hearts are in trying mm -hmm. to help readers. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when we look around and we might think, well, that's not the way I would be doing that, um, mm -hmm. that we are still, those here at the International Dyslexia Association, mm -hmm. still follow a very similar theme of wanting to help students mm -hmm. that are struggling readers. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that if we go out into the world with that approach, and there are people who don't really have a strong understanding of that, that structured literacy, mm -hmm. but but even teachers that are on a completely different you know side of the of the uh, continuum, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, they still basically anybody involved in education still really wants to help struggling readers. Mm -hmm. And I think that we would go farther reaching out to those people, acknowledging their their love of teaching, their love of of working with students, mm -hmm. and then bridging that gap. If, they, if there is a knowledge gap, mm. uh, it's not their fault. They did not receive that instruction when they were in their teacher training programs. Right, right, right. And so they have been, many of them, really struggling with how do I teach my students to read without having been given the tools. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be reaching out to those people and offering mm -hmm. assistance and saying we can help, mm -hmm. we have tools to offer you, uh, but realize that those teachers are all coming from a place of, in their heart of hearts, mm -hmm. really wanting to help their students. Yeah, goodwill. Yes. I love that. That's perfect. Thank you so much for coming and talking with us. Well, thank you. For I am going me. to read Hank the Tank. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm going to watch for that sequel. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she a cool lady? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that um I mean, she hit she she touched on the dilemma of the controlled reader, and she did something about it, which is super cool. She just created her own, yes, which, which is great. Um, which is so needed, yeah, so needed, yeah. And I, I, I couldn't help thinking, as a parent, uh, you know, I kind of brought it up earlier that we don't, as parents, you don't know that there's truly these resources there right. for your for your student mm -hmm. who's struggling so much, mm -hmm. and you just go to the library and get them books, mm -hmm. but you don't really understand why they need this specific type yes. of yes. a book that is really at their level. Yes. Um, so I, yeah, this yeah. Is, I thought this was fascinating. And I loved how she just kind of tied it up. And this being the last, um, the last in our series about the, the IDA, um, yes. which as a reminder, um, the theme was for this this year's conference was until everyone can read and um and I loved how she just she kind of this is the perfect one to end on because she talked about um that we have to assume goodwill in, I love that in in all educators even though we're all coming to um this in diff from different perspectives and we're all we're all doing the best we can to teach kids to read and um, that's our goal. Our goal is to teach kids to read. That's that's the whole goal. However, we get there, right? Yes. And so I just think this was the perfect perfect way to end um, this this series. I hope I hope you enjoyed it because it was fun to talk to her. Um, and and I think uh, I think she had a lot a lot of take good takeaways for all of us. For sure. I I agree. I agree. And I I. Um, bouncing off that assume goodwill, mm -hmm. we hear from teachers every day, even here at Brainspring, mm -hmm. how they they didn't learn how to teach these mm -hmm. these skills, mm -hmm. and and maybe after ten years, maybe after fifteen years, 
they're finally learning them mm-hmm. and how valuable mm-hmm. they are to, you know, what what they're bringing to their students. Yes. And so I, I just love that because even, you know, whether you're a parent or a teacher, mm-hmm. you really know we're all there to support mm-hmm. our kids. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. And we're all learning. Mm-hmm. So I this really hit home for me to know that uh, everybody out there, we're, we're all working as hard as we can for yes. the kids. Yes. And we want them to learn to read and be uh, have that a really good foundation. Mm-hmm. And so I love that Carol Lee wrote these books. Yes. And is sharing them with the world. And, yes. And, yes. and creating, creating really excited readers. Yes. That's the goal. Yeah. The goal. Well, that was fun. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure we're, we are going to be moving on from this series to more interesting topics, which you'll stay tuned and you'll hear more about later. But I hope you have a good day, Kara. You too, Esther. Until next time. Next time. See you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Orton Gillingham Podcast, a Brainspring production. For additional content, please subscribe to our newsletter, visit our website at brainspring.com, or follow us on social media. To submit questions or comments, please email us at podcast at brainspring.com. Your feedback is always welcome.